Titans fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some good old-fashioned football of the Vikings variety. Now, obviously, what is that, back-to-back OT losses for the Vikings at Cincy? Rough one, no doubt about it. Uh, You know, we'll talk about the back-to-back tush-pushes. Um, we'll talk about the costly red zone turnovers, one of the, the variety that's just horrendous. Uh, it's just crazy that we have two, not one, but two horizontal picks uh, this year. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it. Mullins kind of basically beyond that, just a couple horrendous passes, which we kind of expect uh, passing game much better shape, and he did get a lot of hits on him too, um, but the run game. Chandler coming in, Ty coming in, looking really good. Defense lights out until the fourth quarter. Still managed to get hits and PBUs and and all that stuff, sacks, but uh, just got beat on a handful of plays, jump balls. Blackman stopped on a play. Um, Still managed to get the ball back, though, uh, in overtime. So um, we'll talk it all the way through. You know, these turnovers, they're costly, as we know, and we're, we're just not some sort of elite-level team where you can overcome this stuff uh, as much. You can stay right in the game, but it's tough to overcome not to have some sort of points on those two red zone trips. I mean, you saw it went to OT, so that kind of tells you right there. And then, of course, we'll look to next week. It's it's We haven't even played Detroit. This year, we got Detroit at home. It's a big, big game. Obviously, you figured with four remaining at the time coming in, you know, going into Saturday's game, last Saturday's game, it needed to be about two and two. So uh, maybe we need to be two and one now to get in the playoffs or to even hold the sixth spot or whatever. We'll see. So we'll talk about that. And of course, um, the sky's not falling here for PJ Fleck last week. Obviously, we had a a big blow with the defensive coordinator, even though, you know, I guess by the end of the season, we didn't think for sure that he was gone. At the beginning, it kind of felt like this was going to be his last season. We'll talk a little bit about that. I did get a little pushback on the Michigan State thing. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. There, we're not equals with them. I'll say that, and I'll, and I'll give you the reasons why. But we did have a pretty good, pretty good week. Um, you know, it sounds like we got a local kid to stay instead of going to Ohio State or uh, Florida State or Michigan State or I think even Iowa was after him. So we'll talk about that, talk about a variety of other stuff here on the Purple People Leaders podcast. If this is your first time listening to this here Vikings uh, broadcast program, um, it streams live right here. Well, first of all, welcome back. Thank you. Hello. Um, it streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and download the show there directly. You can find this podcast in a variety of areas uh, under the Ropadope Radio banner on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Pod Bay, Pod Bean, Pod Tail, a lot of pods. Um, Google Podcasts. Oh yeah, don't forget to download the podcast at. Um, the Spricker page, Living in Loserville, 
Don't forget about that while you're at it. Why don't you head on over to the grueling truth in Sports News 24. One more thing. Talking about direct TV stream, sign up today. Save up to $64.99 when you get that direct TV stream. Our best deals of 2023, which is almost gone for a limited time. Save $69.98, or I'm sorry, save $50 the first two months and only pay $69.98 when you get the entertainment package and direct TV sports pack. Watch your holiday favorites and save $50 with direct TV stream. Get the best in streaming TV today. All right. So, so um, go ahead and bring in my co-host, Aaron. You know, it, it was a rough one. Sure didn't look at look like it at the time, though. I mean, the boys were definitely balling there for quite some time. Uh, we got it all the way up, what, to 17-3. The ball game changed after that. Um, first and foremost, how are you doing, sir, in this unseasonally type weather we got going on? A little bit brisk today, but, man, it's been crazy. It's been raining and stuff like that without freezing, uh, at least down in the cities. How you doing, my friend? Good. It really has been a, a weird weather December this year, but turnovers continue, Chris. That's a, the real, uh, I guess, headline here is that, whether it's a horizontal interception, wasn't any fumbles this time around, um, but the turnover bug is still going. I remember, you know, the first three games we thought to ourselves, it can't last, you know, it can't last all season. And it kind of has with the exception of a few games. Um, but like you said, up 17-3, you're feeling pretty good at that point. Uh, defense is doing what defense usually does. Offense is actually moving the ball with Mullins and, you know, everybody's, you know, they, they're looking for a starter out of some backups here, Chris. And, yeah. you know, we've been trying to get them to pace themselves all season. And, you know, they just people, they're looking for the, the next hope or something out of these guys. You got three guys with Hall and, and Mullins and Dobbs, and you're getting variations of about the same thing. Mullins isn't much for running, can move the ball past and it's going to turn the ball over. Dobbs. It's going to turn the ball over a little bit better runner, but not great in the pocket. And we don't really know what's going on with Hall except for he got concussed. Looked pretty good up until then. Nonetheless, he's a rookie, so you don't really trust that, uh, especially coming down the stretch of a season where you're trying to do something. Um, yeah, I mean, let's keep things in perspective here quarterback-wise. And I thought Mullins relatively uh, played pretty well first three quarters. Yeah, I did too. And, you know, the rough part about all that stuff was a lot of it came when it was just seven to seven to three. You know, we they had a, a long drive that, you know, ultimately I think it was a sack by Hunter on a and then they had that like it was a third and one and they tried a tight end trick play pass attempt thing. Uh didn't work. Um nice tackle on second down by Murphy too. That could have been a big pickup. Uh Chase had a nice, you know, 25-yard catch on that first one. But they did hold them. It was a long drive, six minutes. Actually, both 619 and 618. The Vikings had a great drive. Uh, Ty was running really, really well. Nice pickup on third and one. J.J. had a great catch. Just overall, like seven to three. And that was the first time, the first time, Aaron, that we got the opening scripted drive, which that was – money last year. I think we scored on like nine of them. 
Um, so that was, that was, we, you know, we got our first hundred yard rusher of the year. It's December right now, well into it. And then that was our first time we scored on an opening drive. Uh, so we scripted it up nice. Then it got a little funky, couple punts, couple punts, but man, a great drive. I mean, 14 plays, 70 yards, 7.38 on the clock. Third down and eight, Hawk went off. 19-yard catch and run by Addison. Um, beautiful catch um, uh, from J.J. J.J. almost had a, a touchdown there, but there was too much pressure in his face. But a third and 14 uh, grab. I mean, it, it was, you know, now don't get me wrong, wasn't that the drive that there was a, a pick six that wasn't a pick six? I believe so. But, um, you know, that was a bad pick there, you know, because you had such a nice drive, burning up the clock. And then you turn right around, and you're you're within the red zone. What we were down to the – it was third and seven at the 22-yard line. And it was like a flashback, Aaron, because Dotsie in that Denver game, I believe, you know, sh- should have taken the – you know, shouldn't have taken the sack first and foremost to play before. It was like, dude, get rid of the ball. Don't take that sack because of field goal stuff. Then, um, yeah, because we were at the, I believe we were at the, the, we got it down to the 16, and then he got sacked. And then the very next play, it's like, just take the sack. And it's almost like, hold my beard, Dobsey, check this out. I'm going to do even worse horizontal and I got that we've talked about the horizontal before because they keep I, I've heard a actually someone on Twitter said the vertical pass because you know ultimately it is a straight vertical pass but the horizontal positioning on the vertical let's stop the horizontal to vertical pass so I'll, I'll fix that up but um that was just and he got up like no I passed it like yeah we know Mullins we know you fucking passed it why I don't know he's even on the sideline talking to coach ko it's like dude i threw it it's like dude we're not talking about a, we know and i know they said something about a fumble but yeah it never should have been thrown so that that was rough because even if at minimum you know you score on both of those you know six points i mean that goes a long ways especially and to to be able to capitalize on the closing the second quarter aaron and then coming right out and having a great drive to get up that 14 to three could have been 20 to three right there. Definitely could have been And the back to that pass slash whatever, even worst case scenario, Chris there, I guess let's say the ball hits the ground. It's still intentional grounding at that point because you're still in the tackle box. You're not really throwing at anybody. And if you're going to let it loose, you know, maybe they won't call that, but it technically it is. And, you know, just like you said, just eat the ball, take a sack. You know, sometimes we get mad at Cousins for doing that because we think he does it a little too early at, at times. But, man, you can't just be out here flinging the ball around. You know, try, I know you're trying to avoid a, a negative play, but, you know, and then to get up and go, yeah, I threw it. Yeah, buddy, we know. We all knew you threw it. Like, <laughs> that's the fucking that's problem. Not a, that's the problem, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this hiccups like that, now you could, you know, give him a chance to say, well, he hasn't you know, been a starter for a very long time, but he's a little vet. He knows what he's doing. Um, it was just a, he made a few really bad bonehead plays. I thought that screen pass, that could have been a pick six, you know, you got to kind of keep your eye out there. Somebody's driving on that pass. Um, 
but that was a heartbreaker. Thank God they called that one back. But yeah, there were some bad throws, but that's what you're going to get when you don't have a starter, a reliable starter. You have guys that you're flipping in and out here, uh, trying to find something to give you a spark. And I thought, you know, Mullins, he moved the ball, which is something that Dobbs wasn't doing, uh, the last two games that he played. He got a good running game going and, uh, Chandler's, you know, obviously he's fixed his, quote-unquote, pass blocking problems, Um, at least enough to play because 132 yards is something, like you said, until December we haven't seen a 100-yard rusher. And you're not going to get, you know, 30 carries often from an O'Connell coached team. So, you know, it's offensively I thought it was a decent performance. Uh, Sands, the uh, turnovers and just ridiculous plays. I mean, some plays – could have gone the other way, the touchdown to Addison, the high one, even the low one. You know, they're both not great balls, and I wouldn't license either of those balls to be thrown. And, uh, you know, Addison made good plays on both of them and uh, he's really come along here as a, as, a, as a receiver. So, I mean, defense, I think, gave up a little more than they wanted to in the fourth and, and the turnovers, Chris. I mean, that's it. You, you gotta not turn the ball over. It's pretty elementary and it just continues to happen and you're losing ball games. It's, it's not a good thing. Yeah. We'll give you one a game. You don't want to just give one a game, but we'll gladly take just one a game. If the next three games, it's only three a game. No problem. Our defense will probably, you know, get at least one. So, um, and coming out of half, like I said, could be 20 to three shoestring catch and run. That's the thing about Addison. Oh, I'll make the catch. It's going to be difficult, but wait, I'm going to keep running. I'm on my feet. I'm a little dude, but I'm on my feet. Chandler, I think, I think that Addison play was on third and nine, but Chandler had a nice first down run because that was a long ass drive. Um, 92 yards, eight plays looking really good. Go up 14 to three, get the pick. Um, and at that time, 29 straight drives for the defense without a touchdown. Now, obviously, that changed. Um, we got the ball back. Great catch in traffic by J.J. Another beautiful grab on that drive. Unfortunately, we were only able to get that field goal, but still, 17-3, to and that's where it got funky. Back-to-back touchdown drives. Um, one of them was eight plays, 75 yards on a third and 21. That was rough. Um, and then the other 11 for 63, excuse me, sure here. And uh, the fourth in, in goal, I mean, we, we grinded it all the way out. That second effort got him into it. And then you're like, oh, boy, here we go. It's 17 to 7 and, or 17 all, 17 to 17. And, and what do you know? I mean, we pushed right back, you know, uh, a crossing, um, a nice crossing right down the middle. Catch by J.J. Addison, nice snag, big run by Chandler. Like, it was a great response. Like, all right, dude, you know, let, let's let's help our shit. And, and that – actually, I was wrong. I think that was – was that the pick six? I think that – see, I'm getting confused from game to game with Mullins and these pick sixes. But um, maybe that's when the pick six was going to happen. I can't remember. But, um, you know, to go right down, Addison had a, had a nice catch on that play too. Um, to go right back down, get it to 24-17, you know, I definitely 
felt pretty damn good at that point. Um, credit to them. They had a long, you know, uh, like a 10 play drive and they made some plays. They didn't really, they got to third and three. Uh, I think they only got the third down once on that drive. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Only once we, we forced them the third down. Um, uh, but that Higgins play, first of all, the catch on Evans, who played pretty good in his return. It was nice to see him back there, but, um, first and foremost, Great catch in the the blind the blinded reach was crazy. You rarely see that type of play. Second part of that rookie mistake play through the whistle, Blackman. You've been having a great rookie year. Um, you know, like I understand how defend defenders nowadays may hold up from time to time, especially if it's a quarterback near the sidelines or whatever. I get that. But there is no excuse not to play through the whistle on that because you could at least knock the ball. And more than likely, you could have just taken the damn ball and maybe you go the other way. And imagine that. Imagine that. All of a sudden, instead of being 24-24, it's 31-17. Different ball game at that point. So um, that one was rough, man, because, like I said, Blackman coming off a string of really nice games. Um, but yeah, you just can't stop. You got to play through the whistle on that one. So that hurt. Absolutely, you got to play through the whistle on that because you said there's opportunities there if he's going to go swinging the ball around, like coach used to say, like a bread basket. You know, you've got to be able to, or a loaf of bread actually is. You know, you got to be able to make a play on the ball. And obviously, it was a great play Higgins made. Big Higgins fan, soon to be free agent. <clears throat> um, but. He's six five. You're gonna give up some stuff. They're throwing jump balls all day, and uh, we looked up Evans. He's six two, listed as that, so it's not a huge height difference there. Just got to play jump balls better, Chris. We've had problems with that all season, and and Higgins is a guy you throw jump balls too. So, but nonetheless, back to that play. It was a heartbreaker because you're right. You're up twenty four seventeen, I think. Three fifty left on the clock. Your defense is been pretty good all season you think you can stop them and uh you get that pass down there and you know Evans had him out of bounds that wasn't the issue it was it was the swinging arm that that got in there but uh yeah I mean that would have been nice to to make a play on the ball before that even happened and and to get something going with Blackman and you're right just stopping on that play and watching I can understand you're a little stunned you don't know what's going on but you got to keep playing through the whistle like you said you could have grabbed that maybe run back uh, for a six yourself would have been a nice thing. Nonetheless, you end up going to overtime after a few plays of this and that. Um, and you didn't see that coming when it was 17-3. No, definitely didn't. Um, just in general, we have to improve as a team of, of playing with a lead. That has something, you know, this year we, we kind of got stung with that a little bit. Not that we've had a ton of leads. And, you know, We've had times where we come back, right, obviously, especially the last couple of years. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It is what it is. I'll say this, though. Yeah, the fourth quarter wasn't great for the defense. That's for damn sure. Um, they still managed to get seven hits, six PBUs, five sacks. Pretty solid with the pressure. Hunter got a, another, you know, pair of sacks. The dude is just having quite a year. He is now, I believe, in – now he has five, 15 and a half. He's tied for fifth all time with good old Johnny Randall. You got Allen, Dolman, Millard, Allen Page, and Johnny Randall. 
um, as far as like per year um, in in a single season. So, I mean, and there's still more to go. I think he hit all the, I think two or three million, um, you know, incentives on his contracts are good for him. That's really cool. Um, and then obviously, like I said, they did get the ball free and out to the offense. So you got to give a little credit. Defense kind of calmed itself, got it back, started moving the ball, and then back to back. Actually, two people have reminded me of this. Actually, three tush pushes because one of them worked, but, you know, they got the timeout or whatever. Um, and then back to back tush pushes, um, you know, Rob Cyril's on, uh, on Twitter made a good point. You know, you, you made Josh Oliver a priority, you know, in the free agency. Um, you had like all, you know, the 12 personnel personnel was, was there all damn day. He says, um, you got, you went back to 11 for third and fourth down. And when you got who, a, a, a guy that I would never complain about, you know, uh, especially on third down, Paul's come through. I want him to be a Viking for the next several years. He's, he's clutch, but cause it's not his fault on this one. But, um, what do you think of this back to back tush push stuff? Because, uh, it was a little rough there. That is a great name you brought up. The Oliver guy would have been a great guy in the backfield there. Instead, you get Powell, um, which I can understand a little smoke and mirror action on third down, but you know, overview of it all is everybody's complaining about uh, O'Connell's calls on third and fourth down, uh, particularly the fourth down call. I think I think everybody was fine with the third down call. But like I said to you off air, Chris, at some point, and I can kind of understand O'Connell's stubbornness here, is you got to be able to push out six inches uh, on fourth down, maybe 18 inches with your offensive line. Now, we know Bradbury's a little light. Um, and so Speaking that's, of light in the ass. <laughs> yeah, that's a drawback there, especially when they on fourth down when they line up two tackles on him. You might want to change a play call, call a timeout, like uh, apparently Flores was imploring him to do, uh, maybe get a change. But at some point, you've got to say, look, this offensive line has to do their job. We've got to pay. Now, if it were me, I'd probably make a different call on fourth down, and I certainly wouldn't have uh, Powell as the pusher. Um, but that's, you know, I can see where he wanted to go quick, keep the same personnel, same play, everything, keep the defense from changing its personnel. And that's probably why I didn't want to call a timeout as well. Um, but Mullins also could have got that ball out a little bit ahead of him. He didn't need much. When he came out of the pile, ball was still tucked back. And that's probably why they didn't get it on third down. Um, and then right. the second one, everybody knew what was coming, it appeared. Yeah, it had no hope. So there are some questions there. A lot of my questions with O'Connell weren't necessarily the tush-push. It was necessarily, you know, keep pounding the rock. That was my thing. You're getting success. Chandler's running the ball well all game. Um, you keep pounding the rock at him, and you don't need to throw the ball as much. But, you know, the flip side of that is that's why you brought O'Connell in. He's offense, wants to throw the ball. That's the, what he does. Um, so you can't be too upset about him. And then I think there were 30 or so runs. Chris, I think you gave me the stat off air. Yeah, 30, yep. Yeah, I mean, that's an adequate amount of runs, I thought. Yeah. You know, it's good balance, uh, but I just thought you might want to side more to the run game on it. But as 
far as the two tush pushes, I'm not letting anybody off the hook. I don't think it was very inventive, but I think the way the game was going, the flow of the game, the pressure at the moment, um, you don't need much. You're short by six inches on third down. Like I said, 18 inches on fourth. You got to be able to get that uh, from your offensive line. They've got to get some push. They've got to be able to do that. I thought Mullins could execute it a little bit better. I think that was probably the problem with those plays. Everybody's blaming the the pusher and Bradbury, but I thought Mullins on third down could have definitely got the ball out in front of him a little bit, and that would all this would be much ado about nothing. Nonetheless, let's quit the fire O'Connell stuff. Um, you know what right. you paid for when you hired him. I understand the knee jerk. Everybody's a little pissed off. Um, I'm not saying he's the greatest coach that ever lived, but you got to understand, uh, and I'm in the side with him, is if you can't get 18 inches uh, with an offensive line, uh, you've got bigger issues. Yeah, and, you know, Chandler, even Ham or something like that, handing the ball off, that's not a given. At least you have a – you can – maneuver a little bit more you know as far as holes but on on that short distance usually not going to make some kind of huge cut or anything like that and I get not wanting them to have their goal line defense in but both the tackles just jumped on Bradbury and so like you said I mean a lot of people saying to hand the ball off yeah that's fair I, I get that but that's more yardage and more time for those guys to still get in the backfield. And we've seen how we are on now on fourth and short. That was the first fourth and short we've missed this year, but on third and short, we haven't been great. Not just this year. Um, and just the amount of lost yardage that we have when we run sometimes. Um, and like you said, I mean, you know, people, some, some of these same folks were screaming, for more of a pet. let's update this offense, you know, when Zimmer was here. And, of course, you know, we don't want to just run, run, pass all the time. But there is a time, there is a place where, and hopefully in this game kind of proves some of that. Um, in re- now, it's because we don't have our starting quarterback, so I doubt we'd have 30 rushes and Cousins is in there. But I would, like you said, I, I'm in agreement. I would like just a little bit more uh, run game in there just to blend it. We don't have to lead the league in pass attempts. You know, we could be seventh. That's fine. Top ten's great, dude, um, from where we were. So it is what it is. Like I said, he didn't throw the horizontal pick. There's a lot of things that are out of his hands. So it is what it is. Um, at least we, you know, ran in past the ball at a high level, 400-plus yards. We hadn't done that in a while. Hadn't had a 300-yard passer since Cousins went down. And we mentioned earlier the first 100-yard rusher. So um, things were looking up for the most part. Um, So we'll see. We'll see. Coming into this week, though, got another big game. Um, The Detroit Lions, first time facing them this year. And, you know, for quite a while – we pretty much dominated the series, which isn't saying a whole lot because, you know, it is the Lions. But these last couple games, you're like, huh, huh, ooh. You know, I remember them winning at the last second. And it's been a – you could tell. It was a little bit different. They had been bowling, or uh, much like Philly, not this year, but last year. They have been getting some bullies in on our wide receivers, so keep an eye on that. Um, they did get – 
get back on the good foot, so to speak. They had lost, I think, two out of three. Really, you know, big, big win over Denver. Um, and, you know, it, it's they basically were containing the run there. Um, and, 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 I mean, they, they, they contained the run against Denver, and they ran the shit out of the ball 28 times, buck 85, 6.6 a carry. Um, so this is this is a big game. We're, we're three point underdogs at home, so that's neutral site, like almost a touchdown uh, underdog. Which you know that's not the worst thing to come in as an underdog. I kind of like it. Offensively, um, they're third in total yards. Um, they run the you know what out of the ball. They, they're really good at that. Um, I think it's 140 yards per game. They're second in the league in. Basically, I think third in passing, something like that. So, and, you know, Montgomery and Gibbs now. Um, St. Brown messes us up of late when we played them. Laporta and company. So they're, they're the real deal on offense. We've known that. Defensively, they're kind of middle of the pack. Um, they're right there with us when it comes to run defense. Uh, they're eighth. So that, that'll be a challenge, 18th in the pass. Um, but the turnover differential. They're right there with us. Uh, Detroit, I think, is minus five. We're minus six. Um, it, you know, we know Nick Mullins will be the starter. I did notice just watching them and just kind of going back through some of their games as well, Aaron, that they do turn over the ball on downs a fair amount, meaning they're going to go for it too. Um, so that's something to look for. If we can get two, maybe three of those. Um, and then a turnover or two and only only one turnover, um, we'd be in pretty good shape. But this is going to be a, a challenge here, and we just can't have the dumb turnovers. I know it sounds like a, a broken record, but when you look at, you know, how this thing transpires week after week, that's what it's coming down to. Yeah, it is a broken record, and it keeps happening. Um, this is an interesting one, Chris. You mentioned that they like to run the ball. Um, that's a problem for us. We're light up front, um, all kinds of exotic fronts and looks. If they're just going to run the ball with Gibbs and Montgomery, that just negates all of it, especially if you can successfully do that. And if you commit too much to stopping the run with what you have up front, obviously you're going to pick you apart with St. Brown and, and a lot of their other weapons, Laporta, like you mentioned. Um, so I think, you know, the smoke and mirrors of Flores – might as long as you know Detroit has a decent game plan could get ugly uh, if they just decide to run Gibbs they have a great offensive line in Detroit uh, a lot of first round picks everywhere um if not first second round picks um guys that I always liked ended up on their offensive line because you know for years we've been trying to build this offensive line in the draft and like this guy's good to get that guy and next next thing the Lions grab him you know and they did that a lot they got Campbell I liked him linebacker they got Laporta liked him tight end um they got Penny Sewell which you know he's probably out of our range to grab but they got guys over there now and uh, a guy that he just wants to you know watch out for your, your kneecaps he's these guys are coming to bite your kneecaps apparently um Detroit looks good uh we'll wait and see what they look like playoff time uh it's always been a problem with Detroit but on the flip side of all that uh, doomsday is, you know, if you can get pressure on Goff and they decide to throw the ball and you can hold them to third and mid, you know, third and mid to third and long, 
Um, you can get pressure on Goff and you can rattle and maybe force a few turnovers. Um, depends on how the refs are going to call this one. It's always weird with Detroit. Are they going to let them hand fight? Are they going to call everything down the field? You never really know how that's going to go. Um, you got to trust Flores in a game plan here uh, and how he's going to handle it. He's had all season to, to kind of deal and get ready for these games, knowing that Detroit's probably going to be at the top of the division from about mid-season on. You kind of knew Detroit had it. Um, so it's a hard one to call, Chris. You know, they're giving Detroit the edge here, but I like us at home. You know, I think that there's a little bit of home cooking that'll go on as long as you can get something out of our run game offensively and be able to convert their downs and Jesus Christ, like you said, Chris, hang on to the football, protect the football, do not turn the ball over, take the sack if you got to take it. And speaking of sacks, their defensive line against our offensive line gives them a bit of an advantage, I think, as well with Hutchinson. And I don't know if O'Neal's going to be back to handle that right tackle side. Um, hopefully he will be. Otherwise, you're going to see a lot of Hutchinson on Questenberry. And I'm not, you know, I'm not loving that. No. Um, it's going to be a tough enough matchup as right. it is. So you want to try to run the ball if you can. Um, and that's Chandler. And I know Madison will probably be back, but you got to give Chandler the load of the carries, you would think. Maybe Madison in short yardage. Um, nonetheless, that being said, I really think that the line is about right. Um, I think we yeah. lose. Um, I think at three to seven points there, um, even though it's at home, and that's being, you know, considering we come out and we play well, I still think we lose here. Um, it, it just – it's a Jimmy's and Joe's thing, not an X's and O's thing. They just got superior roster, and that'll show in the end. And I, I, I hate to say it, but I, I think Detroit wins this one. Like I said, three to seven points. And you know, not to say the Vikings came out can't come out and have a spectacular defensive performance. You know, uh, that would be great to see, um, and hold Detroit to thirteen or less, allow you to score, you know, fourteen and win, but. I don't see that happen. I just don't think we can stop the run, and I don't think uh, we can run the ball, and that will be the tail of the tape as far as I'm concerned. So I like Detroit here. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a test with the running, like you said. I mean, we're fourth in the league at rush defense, but, you know, we this is one of the better, you know, rush offenses, third, I think I said. So, I mean, yeah, or second, actually, yeah, 140 games. So if you keep them in the 100 range, 90 that would be that would be big. That would be very big. Um, see, I don't. I don't think. I just think it comes down to quarterback. To be honest with you, I mean, besides the you know the early season fumbles or whatever, but I don't. I don't think that there's. I don't think it's Jimmy's and Joe's. I think it's Jimmy and Joe. If that makes sense, I just think we're like a quarterback away from winning this game. But we could say that all year. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, this one's tough. This one's really tough. Like you said, we got to get pressure. But, man, if they can run that ball, we know how that opens up everything, the play action. and, and you know, We're not getting consistent pressure. It's going to be rough. I, this is one of those, and, and I've made this call, I think, KC last night. I've made this call three times. This will be my fourth time. I'm going to – it's a win-win for me on Sunday, I guess. Uh, hopefully the Vikings win, but I am going to bet against them. Straight up, though, because that 
we know we can lose by one point pretty easily. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna predict though twenty seven to twenty three um, for the Pikes to win. Uh, I just think that if they can just somewhat contain this offense, like you said, I mean it's it's twenty seven points a game. We're a little, you know, they're they're at like almost twenty four points a game to give up. Uh, if they're generally in higher scoring games, especially the last month, we haven't been in that many high scoring games at all. Last week was like, whoa, what's all this about? Both teams in the twenties. Uh, but yeah, it's not a pick that I'm confidently making. I think it's just like when we've had our back against the wall, we played pretty good. For a game or two, we did have that five-game stretch that was really good. But um, just something tells me that they're going to tighten up enough. This isn't a great defense. So I think that, um, you know, we'll be able to be – I don't know. I just, I, I'm just picking them to win. I think historically, Chris, these games get wild. You never really know what's going to happen. All the way like, down to the – yeah. yeah remember I mean, we had a lead a couple years ago. And yep. we ended up having to fucking, like, the last 40 seconds go down there and kick a damn field goal. We were yep. like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Yeah, we so ran it for a while, but the yeah, last three to games, pick. it's been tough. Because you're looking at everything on paper right now, you know, and our picks have been terrible this year, so that's a, a bright thing. But um, you're looking on everything on paper, you know, rosters and yardage and stats and all that stuff. And you know, this is the in-division game. And it's always – these are always – you never know what's going to happen in Detroit, Minnesota, particularly at Minnesota. And, and also, I guess, at Detroit, they're just weird games, like depending on the weather outside. and You know, if it's, you know, we're minus 20 outside and that changes the vibe of the game. And, you know, everything's, you know, it just – you don't know. You really don't know what's going to happen. They come in tired or something happens or they're flat. It's just – these games have always been strange, whether it's week two or – week 14 or 15 or whatever the hell it is like Detroit and Minnesota are just really hard. I would, I stay away from that game as far as a better. Cause I just, you never really know, you know, it, we could get run out of the house 38, nothing, or we could win 38, nothing just depends on the, the, the feeling for the day. And, you know, so we just can call what we see on paper and the stats. And like I said, but you just never really know how these are going to work out. And that second game with Detroit, like you said, you never know what they're going to, how that's going to work seeding wise and where that's going to be. So yeah. this is kind of your one game with Detroit all year um, that, you know, is going to be uh, a competitive game both ways. And um, you know, it's, it's really hard to tell, but you know, I'm doing what you did. I'm just going to take the, the other side of the coin that you are. You're going to give the Vikings the edge. I'm going to give Detroit the edge and we'll see how it works out. Um, like you said, it could be, I think what, Two years ago, or maybe it was last year, we had like a 10-17 game, you know, when we thought it was going to be a track They match. won at the buzzer. They walked right. off on us uh, last year, I believe. So you never really know. You They come in with offensive firepower, but somehow it doesn't work in their favor, or they turn the ball over a lot. So like I said, I think I've belabored the point enough, but it's yeah, one yeah. of those games you just kind of got to watch and see what happens and see what's going on in the first quarter and get a feel for it because – you really can't tell on paper what's going to happen. And this is a game that you'd like to have Cousins because his numbers against Detroit, and I'm sure you could say that to a lot of quarterbacks, but, I mean, he goes off on Detroit, dude. Zimmer just destroyed Detroit. <laughs> but, yeah, like you said, I think it's the last three or four games it's just been like – you can kind of see, like, oh, they're getting better, dude. They're getting, Like I said, their corners bully our guys a lot, and that's why I'm going with the win-win this week, picking a win, but if not – 
picking, getting some money. You know what I mean? So I'll be happy either way. But uh, no, I hopefully they get the dub. But like you said, man, it, it's it's definitely a toss up. Um, we will see. So um, the sky was falling last week uh, because you know our guy our guy Rossi left to Michigan State, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a little little bit here. But this week, um, now I think people are confusing. Like, until they sign on the dotted line, which is this Wednesday, and then in February closes out most of the recruiting. Um, I like the early signing, because if you are ready to go with the team, why not just get that squared away? And then the team, and obviously the coaches, and the players recruiting as well, can just focus on that last little bit, whether it's transfers or whatever, um, high schoolers, like, that really helps. So I like the early signing period. Um, but either way, a lot of people are like, he already signed this, this D tackle that we got, but we didn't get him yet. You know, it's until December 20th and then February something, it, they didn't sign the, the paperwork. So dude ended up going to Louisville. Um, I did forget to mention, I believe last week, someone messaged me about the Clemson. Cause remember I think this is our second Clemson D-tackle we got, and he was hurt all year, which is a good call, and he's getting a, a medical redshirt, so we still have depth that position, and, and maybe him finding about that played into it. Maybe Louisville, they got a, they had a damn good year. Um, either way, he wasn't signed. No one signed yet. Um, so, so keep in mind and try not to live week to week on that stuff. Um, we did lose a local kid. More than likely because of Rossi, you know, um, because I believe he was the guy that was recruiting him. Um, so that, you know, that's a little rough, obviously, but that's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen. We'll see. Hopefully, uh, by the time we do another show, we'll have a new D coordinator to talk about. Um, but they did get that Fresno State transfer who has two years eligibility, whereas that FCS kid who they like a lot, and, and his uh, his passing coach, one of the better ones in the country, um, there was a great interview with him, and um, I don't, I'm not looking for him, well, this kid's going to be pro, I don't, it is what, if he is, he is, I, but at, a, at this level, he, he might be a really good fit, we'll see until, they, you know, it's September, uh, but, so that was good, because now we have a veteran guy who has two years remaining, so we're not just screwed when this guy is just a one and done. And maybe the Lindsay dude, I think from Arkansas that we got coming in, maybe he won't be ready after just one year. Maybe he'll need a second year to kind of adapt and whatever. Who knows? Um, so they lost the local kid, but we they lost him to USC for Christ's sakes. And I remember another thing, dude, like USC and UCLA literally just lost guys they had on the rosters for like a year, and they were five-star quarterbacks, okay? Guys are losing four and five stars. If you're a five-star, you're not playing early, you're probably going to move nowadays, you know? So, and I'm not saying woe is the USC Trojans, so that's not what I'm saying, but if those motherfuckers can lose guys, Oklahoma lost their guy Gabriel, he went to Oregon. Like, if if they can lose guys, why the fuck aren't we going to lose some guys? You know, like, think it through a little bit. And try to even it out, balance it out a little bit. We've been pretty damn 
good in this transfer portal. We did get a cornerback slash safety slash special teams ace from TCU. He has two years eligibility left. Um, so that's, you know, now we got two guys, um, at least, you know, on paper. We, we don't know till we get there, like I was just saying. Um, so, but that is nice. You know what I mean? That, that is cool. And we, and like I said, we won't know till Wednesday officially, but it sounds like this kid from here, I believe he's a safety. Um, oh no, he's a linebacker. He went to Michigan State, Ohio State, Florida State, one of them, others came coming, and now he's saying, I'm staying. So, like I said, we had about four guys, and I, and I thought if we could have two out of the four stay, we'll be in good shape. Right now, we have two out of the four. We don't know about the third guy just yet. Um, but to keep that guy, that's pretty good. I think that's – it's the uh, – it was a defense alignment. Like I said, he went to UC, USC, guys. Like, you know, come on. Like, let, let's, let's calm down a little bit. Um, any thoughts on the recent stuff? Oh, by the way, that $30,000 stuff for Kramer, that's complete false. Complete false. He, he even cleared it up today. Yeah, that's good to hear that that's false because I was going to say that talk about being, you know, held over a barrel. Um, I don't even know who and they're going to use this ridiculous. Them. There's no right. way we would do that. And there's no way we could, right? Um, yeah, it wouldn't make sense. No. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on, like you said. I've been kind of sort of paying attention, dipping in and out of the portal and what's going on. I know Oklahoma's getting all upset, like you said. They feel like a feeder program to Oregon. And, you know, there's a lot. And it's almost like you want to just kind of wait till the dust settles. And it kind of settles, like you said, on Wednesday. But then there's another period right after that. And you kind of just have to, if you don't want to follow it, you know, blow by blow, kind of like you have been doing, you might want to just wait till that, you know, what is it, March date? It's February then, is the last uh, right. where you actually put pen to paper. Once they put right. pen to paper, then they have to pretty much, you know, then then they are part of the team. But, you right. know, See it's a lot less settles, movement you know? after that, though. You know, after. Right. And like I said, we got a lot of starters back. Um, so it's not woe is the Gophers, like you said, except for, and USC is a Big Ten team now, hard to, you know, put that in, in the yeah, wagon, right. you know, um, UCLA as well. That's a lot of stuff is going to happen. I, you know, I was probably getting guys pulled and there's a lot going on and it, that's college football now. We've been saying that all year and it's, you know, it's a frenzy right now. Just people flying all over. Like you said, if you're a five star and you're going to sit, why would you? You know, go somewhere where you can play uh, four stars well. Um, so it's going to be, you know, a lot of just keeping track of, of little things. And if you can focus on the golfers, whether they're bringing in and out. And, and like you said, you had looking for Rossi's replacement is probably not helping with defensive signees and so on. Um, but, you know, you've got to also build from inside. College football coaching recruiting just got monumentally harder. And, um it, it also keeping track of your roster as well and guys, you know, that want to play. If you got a decent running back, we've run into that a few times. You're going to play the next year. You're going to lose some of your, some of your depth and it's going to go somewhere else. And you know, PJ is bringing in four, five, six, and probably seven, eight running backs a year now just to be able to run the kind of football that he wants to run. And 
Yeah, man, it's it's a lot to keep track of, but if you can wait for where the dust settles, I think we'll end up in a pretty good spot. Uh, the conference is changing uh, in, a, in a big way with Washington and what Washington, Oregon, UCLA, and USC. That's that's hard to beat them for recruiting. You know, some of them are just big programs, better weather, a lot going on there. Los Angeles is a tough it's a tough pull, but keeping the kids at home. Is a good thing, like you said, two or four, two or four. That's nothing to nothing to. Uh, but then again, you know, they can always go the next year. So you, it's it's tough, man. It's really tough. You just hope you can build a roster and, and play every year and uh, and be competitive because I mean, the money's getting ridiculous, Chris. It's just hard to keep track of. I know you're doing your best, and I'm just dipping in and out, and I'm like, wow, you know. Guys coming out of Clemson, Oklahoma, USC, going all kinds of places, quarterbacks switching places. and Man, it's tough. It's really tough. And I don't envy uh, PJ at all, but it seems like he's got a decent game plan for it. Uh, he has in the last few seasons is kind of replacing guys and filling spots that he needs to fill um, yep. with transfers. And, you know, still basically the bulk of the team is he's developing um, whether that works for a 10 year stretch, I don't know, but for now it seems to be working. Um, although we had a bit of a down year this year, uh, I, I just trust that he'll get a hold and be able to handle it, uh, better than some coaches in the big 10. Yeah. And, and like you said, we've gotten two interior tackles from Clemson. Um, last year we had Notre Dame and Michigan guys this year, you know, no, that guy moved on. Uh, this last year, but the Notre Dame kids coming back, like we wouldn't, some of these guys, we wouldn't, we tried to recruit, you know, that Notre Dame kid, um, he was from here and he went to Notre Dame and it's like, well, we got him on the back. So some of these guys were getting, we wouldn't have necessarily been able to, to get, we've offered like, I believe six or seven wide receivers. Some of them have gone other places. Some of them have yet to decide. So Definitely wants to add another wide receiver, which makes sense. We gotta, we have some young guys that showed potential. Um, but you know, it, it, that's I'm really glad he's doing that because that's definitely a need. And I also I got two pushbacks here, so that that the quarterback that went he went to Eastern Michigan, so it's not like, you know. It's a major loss or something like that, especially if we can, you know, wrestle in this Fresno State kid by Wednesday. I mean, Sandy's going to come. We'll see. But um, there's also an offensive tackle that didn't play this year at all. He came in, actually, I think as a three or four star, but he's played sparingly. He went to Illinois State. Um, Zach Evans went to North Texas. Um, you know, uh, Terrell Lawrence didn't play this year. I don't even know if he played yet. So it's not like we're losing. Last year, you could make the argument about three out of the five kids that left on defense. That did hurt us. I think some of those mental errors and communications or miscommunications definitely got us this year. I think that played into it. Um, but if you have 15 returning – first of all, just having 15 out of 21 – returning starters is really good. If you get 14 out of 15 of a back, we're good. We're good. And like I said, Ethan didn't want to compete. Um, he visited Rutgers. 
the old his old coordinators there uh, that was here. Um, it is what it is. He didn't he didn't want to stay. What what are we gonna do? I'd rather him go if he's in between. I'd rather him go now than go after spring practice. He doesn't like his his depth chart, you know. So now if we didn't have a quarterback coming in, yeah, I'd be singing a different tune. But I think this kid's probably gonna fit better because at least he has touch on his pass. Uh, but we'll see. He's got to prove it on the field. But I, I think people are kind of on the sky is falling type deal. Um, and the just overall college football, the depths of these blue bloods are just not what they used to be. Look at these these semifinal games. Okay, these are the closest matched games that we've had. I mean, we got ones. That, both of them are basically damn near pick 'em games. Usually, it's two teams. And the, there's a drop-off. That's not the case. So everybody take a couple deep breaths. It's going to be okay. And then I got pushed back one more thing. Of Michigan State, we talked about how Rossi went there, and, and this person was telling me that it's 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 basically even. They're, they're, they don't have this. They were talking about the, the scandal, you know, the scandal that happened a few years back, a chunk of years back now, with the old, old coach, and then this dude, who just got caught doing dumb shit on a company phone. Um, but so he's not going to get that money he thought he was going to get because he, he it's right there in the contract. But he, he's making an appeal. But just look at the numbers on that contract. He went 10-3, and three and look at how much they paid him. That tells you they're booster, okay? So, and then, since so in the last 10 years, okay, or even more. 2010, 11 and 2. 2011, 10 and 3. 2013, 13 and 1. Won the Big Ten Championship. Won the Rose Bowl. 2014, 11 and 2. Went, won the Cotton Bowl. Um, 2015, 12 and 2. Big Ten champs. Lost in the semis to Bama. Had a 10 and 3 year. Two years ago, had an 11 and 2 year. So, that, we're not on the same as them. We're just not. That's. Did, did we do all that shit? Did we even do half of that? We had one. 11 and 2 season. We've had some good nine win seasons. We're doing better on average this last decade than we had since the 60s. But it takes a little bit, dude. And you know when Michigan busted out is when they had fucking Nick Saban and they win the Big Ten championship. And they've been pretty proven after that. So we're not on the same level. Just go look at what, what that dude, his con- he got a 10 year contract. Big money, their last coach. Now they brought in the Oregon State coach who could run the ball and defend. It's a it's a better program. You just got to face it, dude. Like, I don't understand why that's so tricky. It is what it is. Yeah, you know, it seems like, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, Chris, the Blue Bloods are always going to be the Blue Bloods. Um, but I think it's going to, through time, this NIL stuff, and all the you know transfer portal things will probably you know, even the field a little bit more. You're gonna have your Alabama's. Yep, Alabama's gonna be Alabama. Georgia's gonna be Georgia. You know, um, Michigan will probably be Michigan. Ohio State will probably be Ohio State. But when you come down from that level, everything else is gonna be pretty even in there. Um, you know, you're gonna have your your secondary blue bloods like you know USC, UCLA, those kind of teams blah 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 but 
you can see how their depth's being picked apart and how they got to rebuild a lot. And it's just, everybody's got to do that now. And that probably will lead to good things. I think is because, you know, Ohio state will be, let's say right now they're eight notches ahead of everybody else. Well, maybe they come down and they're now they're four notches ahead of everybody else. Uh, And that helps you, you know, you can pick them off from time to time, get them on a cold day. You can beat them, blah, blah, blah. Um, they have a down year from time to time. Yeah, last um, second field goal. Yeah, like I mean, makes it a little bit more competitive. That's the hope, at least what I'm, I think is what I'm trying to say. And, um, that's only good for college football in the end. I just think, you know, around here where we're kind of stuck in our ways, it's going to take a few years for people to really get a handle of like what college football is now as opposed to what it was. And that's why people are freaking out about, well, we lost this guy and this guy. I mean, I stopped being hurt when we lost Bucky. I was like, okay, that's it. This is like, this is what's, this is what it is. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. Of course you like to keep them, but Mo's ahead of them and you start to learn, okay, well, that's how it's going to go. You know, you it lose. Is what it is. You lose quarterback. Everyone would do the same shit, by the way. You know what I mean? Everyone would do the same shit. Let's say this guy comes in, this quarterback comes in, has a great season. You're going to lose every quarterback under him because he'll be coming back the next year. You know? Well, no, he's going to be gone. He's a one and done. Okay, he's a one and done. But but to your point, though. what I'm saying, right? But to your point, this is actually good, though, because then other smaller school quarterbacks would go, huh, so they got a running game. They can defend. They need a quarterback. Let me go up there, you know. So I, really I think, think a lot is, is riding on this, you know. I think right. a lot of is riding on this. Um, I think and, this is going to hurt squads like NDSU, you know. The, that level sure. is going to get decimated. Their well, the MAC got decimated gone, this last dude. year. The MAC right. got decimated. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and remember, the top 12 get in. Uh, actually, more than likely – It'll be on average because they get, they're literally saying that non power team, the top rated non power team gets in. So that's fair to them. Okay. We don't have any kind of Central Florida, Cincinnati, Boise State. We don't have, we'll have that argument will be gone. Okay. And then you get 12 teams. So really 11. Unless it is like a Cincinnati or, or one of those teams that get into the top 12 and they're just naturally in there. But that's 11 teams, not four or two, or zero. Because let's not forget, let's not romanticize the past. One and two, when we were kids and teenagers in early 20s, it, it maybe it happened during the regular season, Miami, Florida State, or something like that. But we rarely got one against two in the, to end the season, dude. It was one against four. It was two against, you know, seven. It was, it was bowl alignments. And then the press figures out, okay, you're going to split it this year. It's a split chance, you know, so let's calm down a little bit. You get, Like, we would have a chance in 2019 to play in a playoff game. That's another thing. A lot of complaints lately of the New Year's Six Bulls, the top 12 teams, right, that if you're not playing in that semifinal and you're going to be a number one pick, there's a good chance you won't play your bowl game. That's going to change when it's called a playoff game. I think people are losing sight of that. When you're in the playoffs, and if you win, you advance, that's going to turn. And with this with this money now, too, not only can you get that insurance, but you have money coming in. And if you're a first or second rounder, guess what? You're making a, good, a pretty good dime now. Um, so I think people are just like, look, it, it's it's 
Start blaming the NCAA is my thing. Start blaming them. Stop take it. Stop just aiming at the players. Now, individual decisions, sure. I'm not saying a player can't have some criticism of like, what are you doing, dude? You know, I think Aiton didn't want to compete. I think it's pretty plain and simple. The coach said, you're going to compete for your spot next year. And he dipped. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, stop romanticizing the past. We now know who is the champ. If you want to sit there and say, well, the 13th team with the third three loss, dude, that's not a debate to be had. Okay. So we're, we're going to get true champions. And remember, even if you get a bye, right? In the, cause the top four get a bye, it, it's tweaked now. It's the, the highest ranked, um, conference champs. So you could be a two loss conference champ and still get a top four. And then five through eight in the first round, those are home games. That's fucking huge. Come on up. Come up north, guys. It's nice out. It's January. Let's see how you feel in January playing up here. It's going to be a different ball game. And so even the people, even the four teams that get a bye, they have to play an extra game now, right? It's four total games if you don't get a bye. This is more like how the FCS figures out their champ. And so I keep hearing this and that, but it's like, guys, open your fucking eyes. It was always a crooked sport. People were getting houses bought for them. It just now it's now they can get rich people to give money, not in an envelope and a handshake. Right. It's, you know, it's. It's out in the open as opposed to being. It's registered. Uh, right. It's as opposed to being buy a house or a car that's not in your name and get a job from, you know, whatever car dealership and all that stuff. But nonetheless. Right, yeah. And the biggest thing now, I think, Chris, as you mentioned, uh, is you get the champion that has to be the champion on the field, takes the voters out. Yeah, you'll still have, you know, a little bit of voting going on of who gets to do this. But like you said, there's conference champs and all that stuff. It's kind of written down in stone, and now you can win a championship on the field, and you don't have to deal with. Uh, I mean, we grew up with the guys voting for who was the champion. Yeah, uh, and that, I mean that we lived with it, but that was ridiculous. Nonetheless, it, it really get, sucked in the end, you know. It did. Um, so we can catch the show. Well, let's hope my pick with uh, Detroit winning is wrong. Catch the show anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify. Uh, the base is Rope Dope Radio. Um, check out college ball shows and all other shows on that platform. Um, let's hope for a win for the, uh, for the Vikings and a defensive coordinator, uh, hire for the Gophers. Uh, we'll talk to you next week.